Hello and welcome to the Manage Self Lead Others podcast, mainly for experienced and aspiring people managers. I'm your host, Nina Sunday. This is the show to help you explore ways to become the best version of yourself at work as a manager. In each episode, you'll hear from some of the brightest business minds on the planet who share your passion to elevate and transform team culture. They share insights in self-leadership and leading others. Together, we can make workplace culture better. Are you ready? Because it's time to manage self-lead others. business professional, there is nothing more important than the art of persuasion. You rely on your persuasive abilities to win business, develop productive relationships and uh, drive results. How persuasion smart are you? Today, join me as I talk with Michelle Bowden, the creator of the Persuasion Smart Profile, uh, on how to extend your persuasive reach and develop your persuasion toolkit It's going to be a practical, fun, and interactive conversation. Discover how being persuasive is a skill set that can be developed like any other skill. And Michelle Bowden is an authority on presentation and persuasion in business. Michelle is a CSP, Certified Speaking Professional, and creator of the Persuasion Smart Profile, a world-first psychometric indicator that reports on your persuasiveness at work. She's a best-selling published author and a regular commentator in print, radio, and online. She can be reached at michellebowden.com.au. Welcome, Michelle. Hello, Nina. Hello, everybody. So about a year ago, I did your Persuasion Smart Profile, and um, I'm very interested to hear a little bit about persuasion and, and, and the different categories that people can find out about themselves. So just tell us a little bit about Uh, even how you got started with your uh, persuasion profile. Thank you for asking. I've I've been a presentation skills trainer for what feels like about 100 years (laughs) and I work with all the large corporations around Australia in particular. And over the years, I've worked it out that a niche within a niche was something that would really serve me. So I became really fascinated by persuasive presenting in business rather than just how to stand and gesture and breathe properly and how to use your voice well and how to have presence, all of that stuff. Yes, it's very important. But my my fascination is how do you present in a way that actually gets an outcome, that gets the result? What, how do we go to a meeting and say whatever we've got to say and get people in the meeting to do something different, do something that we want them to do? So persuasive presenting in business became my specialty. And then really the niche within the niche. And then over the years, it's been really obvious to me that it would be very helpful for people if they could actually assess when it comes to persuading others at work, where are they strong and where are they weak? And there wasn't an assessment tool on the market. So I could see there was a massive gap. I decided to create it. It's taken me 10 years with a team of psychologists and statisticians in the UK, 10 years to make sure that the questions do what they're meant to do and that when you actually do assess yourself, you get some useful information that you can do something meaningful with. 
It's called I know it's been a labour of love. I've known you uh, all along the pathway. I've known you for many years and I've always been filled with awe at your diligence and your perfectionism around getting this profile right, this persuasion smart profile. Yeah. So, Thank you, um, Lena. Can I interrupt you and tell everybody our story? Yeah. So, so all the listeners, you need to know that my very first ever training course <laughs> that I ever went to in my life as a little baby employee at Lendlease was a speed reading course run by the one and only Nina Sunday. That's right, <laughs> Michelle. We go way back. <laughs> and now we're friends. Yay. That's right. That's right. It's been a year now since you've been uh, since we you went from beta testing it to offering mm-hmm. it to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us what the different categories are? Sure. So being persuasion smart refers to having a deep understanding of what it is that the other person needs from you in order to be persuaded by you, and then having the ability to adapt or flex your style so that you can communicate in a way that actually satisfies that person's need. And we know from the body of knowledge that there are four main approaches to persuasion. They are... um, whether or not your message is credible, whether or not you are credible as the messenger, how good your rapport is with Mm. your audience, your stakeholder, and then also your performance capability, how good you are at sweeping people up in the passion and the excitement of it all. So Uh, it's all about credibility and uh, believability Yes, and uh, and really having a rapport that mm. uh, that then p- people then um, uh, see you as the authority. Yeah, that's it. So, so we, we know that the way that it works is that most of us happen to be strong in two of those approaches and weaker in two. And so you might ask Nina, why why do you even care? And the answer is that if the communication scenario requires what is currently your strength you'll go into that conversation and you probably won't even notice that it's a persuasive moment. You probably won't have to prepare. You'll just turn up. You'll talk the way you would have always talked. You don't have to really put your mind to it at all and you'll get the outcome that you're seeking. If the communication scenario, on the other hand, requires what is currently your weakness, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you are not going to say this in the right way so that the person actually hears you and says yes to whatever it is you're trying to persuade them about. So you know that feeling where you know it's a good idea, you've talked to everyone you know about it, they have also told you it's a great idea, but that boss or that colleague or that customer that you're trying to persuade just cannot hear that it's a good idea and they won't say yes to you. It really feels like you're banging your head against a brick wall. So unlike many psych assessments that are out there where they just will say to you, well, good on you, you're an introvert or you're an extrovert and go go forth and live your life. Mine, Mine's a bit different. Mine says, well, good for you. You're strong here. Keep being strong here. But actually, you're weak here. And until you develop some competence around your weaknesses, you are going to be, you, ca- you can't be consistently persuasive in all situations. There still will be many moments where you get that dreadful frustration that you just haven't achieved what you're trying to achieve. So does it make sense that there's a certain compatibility between the four styles? And the four styles, if I've got them right, are authority, expert, performer and connector. Is that right? Yes, that's it. Yep, And so would an expert be persuasive to another expert? 
Yes, that's exactly how it works. So if there were four steps to becoming persuasion smart, the first step is to know yourself, which is why we've created the persuasion smart profile. You can assess yourself and find out where you're strong and where you're weak. Step two is to be able to pick it in others. What, which of the approaches does that other person need from you? Step three is to build your persuasive muscle, if you like. So I like to, you know, I know you love this concept too of the growth mindset. We're we're on the same page about that. I just love this idea that every day you you aim for 1% improvement when it comes to the variety of things you could do to be more persuasive. So if you can build your persuasive muscle across all four approaches, that's really the winning the winning formula. And then step four is to make sure you then adapt your approach so that you give the other person whatever it is they need. So if if two experts, experts care about message credibility. So it's it's whether or not the argument is logical, there's a rational sequence to the information. And so two experts talking to one another are definitely already on the same page. The authority is the one that cares most about message about personal credibility. So that's whether or not you are the authority in this matter. Do, do you have the vibe that you know what you're doing, that you've got experience in this area, that you can be trusted when it, when it comes to making a decision? Um, the people who care about connecting are the ones that that build rapport easily. So two connectors are going to be best friends forever. Right. And, and then there's the performer, which is all about your stagecraft, really. It's your enthusiasm and the way that you, you sweep people up in the momentum of it all. Um, yes. And so people who are naturally performers, again, will, will connect to to one another more easily. But if you've got a boss who, for example, is an expert and you're a connector, then it's tricky to communicate in those moments because the thing that comes naturally to you is not the way that that person needs to hear the information. They care more about the data, the way you you present your information on graphs and charts, the way you structure your logical argument, whereas you care more about whether they like you or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And also wouldn't wouldn't a connector care about which uh or which authority um is you know the information comes from and just be impressed by that? Am I on the wrong right or wrong uh, track there? It's that that's more the authority actually. Right. So if you think about uh, there are there's these things that we call persuasion qualifiers. They're the questions that people are wondering in their head. So if you think about the last time you had to try and persuade someone about something, that person has these questions going on in their mind that they may not even know they're thinking. It's like a subconscious process. So what they're wondering is how good is this data? Is it backed by fact and evidence? How logical is the argument that's being presented? They're also wondering how much of an authority is this communicator? Can I trust them? Have they done this before? Does this person really know what they're talking about? Are they credible? Mm. They're also wondering how much does this person care about my needs? Do they do they like me? Do they care about me? And then the last thing that they're wondering is, is this person passionate themselves about this matter? Is Does this person believe what they're saying? And that's how we came up with the four approaches because there are these things we call persuasion qualifiers. These are these underlying questions that everyone's wondering in their mind when they're trying to decide one way or the other about something. Will they? Will I be persuaded or will I not? 
from those four, those persuasion qualifiers, we came up with the four types. And so, Nina, if, if you remember, the step one is know yourself. Step two is pick it in others. So we came up with a bird that we could align with each of the four approaches so that it's uh, if you think about that bird, it's easier to pick it in the people that you're talking right. to. Right, okay. So Tell us what the birds the are. Let's, let's see if you can guess. So the first one is message credibility. So people who care about message credibility are caring about how logical and rational is the argument, is there wisdom in the approach here? Well, wisdom suggests <laughs> the owl. The owl. So the owl is is what is the other the other way we describe the expert. Right. Now, what about the authority? They walk into the room, they own the sky, they've got this vibe about themselves that they own the space. Well, I'm thinking of the peacock with the tail. Mm, so those wrong? people, those people definitely own. The oh, space maybe the people. eagle. Yes, the eagle. eagle. That's it. So the yeah, eagle yeah, yeah. is the authority. Yes. Right. Um, so if you think about, I, I don't know, excuse me, talking about mating on your very important podcast. We're all adults here. <laughs> when eagles mate, they actually don't just mate. They tumble and free fall in this majestic way out of the sky. You know, they really own the space right. in, the, in the air there. So think of it like that. Um, the, the connector is the person that really cares about rapport. They're, they're the world's best pet when it comes to birds. Well, I had a pet budgerigar. That's it. <laughs> yep, it's the budgie. By the way, with, with our global uh, uh, audience, we Australians call them budgies for short instead of yes. budgerigar. The budgerigar. And they're a bit like a lorikeet it. but smaller, yeah. That's it, yeah. that's it. So budgies are really the heavy hitters of mm. the rapport-building world. And now Back to your peacock. So oh. the performer is is uh, the is, performer would be the it. peacock. That's it. Sweeping people up in the enthusiasm of it all. Big expansive gestures. Excellent vocal variety with their voice. Great storytellers. You know, this they is the- could be con artists and they would not influence an, an expert, would they? Because the expert would see right through them. That's it. So, and even when they're not a con artist, even when they're legit and they're just doing their very best work, if your primary preference is peacock, the owl is never going to get that. You have to develop, that's what I'm saying about the growth mindset and the building your persuasive muscles so that you you expand your persuasive reach. You know, if, if you're naturally a peacock, then there's definitely some work to do so that when you are talking with the owls or the eagles or the budgies, you can do what they need because you're not trying to persuade yourself. This is the really the obvious, isn't That's it? Right. You're not trying to persuade yourself. You are already persuaded. It's what have you got to do to get the other person? It's an idea do- or or some a product or service that you're wanting to influence yeah. others to uh, move forward with, to progress yeah. with. So you're yeah. already convinced. But that's it. for you to be convinced is not enough to convince no. others. No, that's to, right. And it helps to employ some techniques. Now, just before I ask you a few more questions about these four mm. styles, mm. look, over the years, you know, I've been interested in influence myself and Cialdini's book, The Psychology of Influence, yeah. which is a marvellous book. Great book. Um People sort of say, oh, well, I don't want to manipulate people. And and they get confused between influence and, and manipulation. And yes. see, you cannot not influence. Yes. So you may as well, and whenever you're trying to convince somebody to do something, you're trying to influence them. It's not it's not manipulation. It's yes. just uh, persuade, um, just trying to put forward an argument and hope someone says yes. 
Yes. Well, actually, there's some uh, there's a theory that will help to explain this better. So if you think of influence as the competency, the overall competency, and then underneath influence, there's this continuum that we move along. At one end of the continuum is the aggressive approaches when you're trying to influence. So that is forcing and directing. At the complete opposite end is the passive approaches to influence, which is modelling and guiding. Right. And then in the middle is the assertive approach, that's persuasion. So what I'm talking about with the Persuasion Smart Profile is the assertive approach to influence, which is persuasion. Now, we all oscillate on this continuum <laughs> every day in every conversation from one end to the other. Uh, even when we don't realise it, as you say, you cannot not influence, you're always influencing and you might just have not thought about where you're sitting right now. So uh, the example I often give is imagine you're driving your car and you have a three-year-old in the back seat. It's someone you know, you didn't abduct them (laughs) and they're strapped into the back. And then when you pull into the traffic lights, you turn your head just to double check that that child is still strapped and safe in the back seat. Yeah. And as you turn, you notice that the little rascal has undone their seatbelt and they're leaping around having a party on the back seat. Yeah. What would you say? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's a safety issue. Put your seatbelt on now, (laughs) which, as we all know, is an aggressive approach. You are forcing and directing when you are doing that. Now, the reason why in that moment that you go into that aggressive approach is Uh. because it's really based on two main things. The first thing is how much time have you got? And in this example, you don't have a lot of time because you're pulling back off at the traffic light in a minute. And the second thing is how much do you care about the outcome? If you really care, you might end up being more forceful than you meant to. And in that example, you don't want to get a fine from the police. You you don't want to break the traffic rules. And you also need the child to be safe. So you care a lot. And that's possibly why you move to that more forceful approach. Um, then on the other extreme is is modelling and guiding. So that's the the saying that you you mentioned, Nina. You cannot not influence, even when you don't realise that you're influencing. So when people ask me about manipulation, I think the way to think of it is what is your intent? If your intent is to trick or um, swindle in some way, then it's possible that you've moved to either the passive. So you're guilting guilting people into it or to the aggressive where you're demanding people do it. And that is what I would call manipulation. Manipulation is where you've moved probably to the either more likely the aggressive, but quite possibly the passive approaches to influence. When you are being persuasive, you are not manipulating. They are mutually exclusive. You can't be persuasive if you are manipulating. It's, it's just two separate things. 
So, Michelle, tell me how you can be more of a budgie, which is uh, establishing greater rapport with people that you're uh, communicating with. Yeah, I love this question, Nina. I love it so much. So there's lots of things you can do to build that deep emotional connection with others. The first one is accept people. There is nothing more fabulous for a human than the feeling that they are accepted by others. So don't judge people. Act as if they are your friend is a great tip. Remember that people are not their behaviour and always give people the benefit of, of the doubt and your generosity in that area will come through. That's the first thing. The second thing is listen actively. Now, I know we all talk about active listening all the time and if you listen to podcasts, active listening is something that comes up a lot. There's just so much to it, isn't there? Mm. Pay attention when someone's talking. Don't try and work out what you're going to say next while they're talking. <laughs> Just yes, be really that's pa- passive listening. You want active listening where you're really focused on what they're saying, that's not it. thinking about what you're going to say. Yeah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. And little verbal affirmations like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let your face do the talking. You know, <laughs> let your eyebrows <laughs> pay non-verbal attention. guttural sounds. That's mm-hmm. the one. Repeat key messages so that the person knows you actually did hear what they're saying. Uh, Just be really careful not to interrupt. There's nothing ruder than interrupting someone while they're talking. Uh, Pause for that millisecond before you respond. So once the person's finished, give it a millisecond and then talk. Active listening is essential for a deep emotional connection. The third thing would be find ways to help people. So what can you do today to reach out and help someone with no strings attached is my challenge to the listeners. The fourth thing is to be trustworthy. So what does that mean? I mean, we could spend hours talking about this, but it's about being authentic, being honest, being consistent, showing integrity, having a a solid moral compass. And I know you've got a great podcast in this series on integrity, which I loved listening to, Nina. Being available for people, being kind. This is all how you are trustworthy. And I think the other thing is just to be similar. I was going to say, let's think about the eagle then, because that's for building personal credibility. Mm. So you're more persuasive in business. Is that right? Yes, that's it. So if you wanted to build, so that that all of those things are how you become more like a budgie. Um, if you want to build your ability to be more of an eagle, then the step number one is get competent. So uh, build your proven skills and your proven knowledge. Make sure that that as, so that's the first thing. Step two is make sure people know that. So talk about your your uh, your um, your wins. Tell people when you're clever. Learn how to establish your credibility without saying sounding like you're boasting. Be able to tell stories about past experiences you've had where you worked with people and it worked, and so therefore you know what you're talking about. Um, And tell people about your qualifications, your achievements, your awards, you know, all those sorts of things. Make sure that you use credible words, words like qualified, experienced, expert, um, what else, certified, you know, those kind of words, do a thesaurus search (laughs) and add those words into when you're talking about yourself. Make sure that you sound authentic in the way you're doing it, but make sure that it's really clear that you know what you're talking about. 
Um, make sure you raise your profile. That would be number three. So speak at things, learn how to speak and go and speak about things so that people know that you're an expert in that area. Uh, volunteer for committees. That's a really good one because a lot of people shy away from presenting or yes. even standing up and expressing an opinion in front of a crowd. Yes. Uh, and they just need to be more assertive and develop confidence in that area and they'll yes. be seen as an, as an authority, as That's an eagle. It. Now, you mentioned before that each of the styles have like an Achilles heel, like a like a weakness. Um, can which? What are the weaknesses for for uh, different styles that you can tell us about? Yeah, it's not so much that they have a weakness; it's just that they don't have the strength to right. to meet the needs of others who are in a different preference. So, if, for example, you're a, an expert, you're an owl, then you're a, you're wise, <laughs> and you're logical, and you're rational, and you're analytical, and you're thoughtful, and you're reflective. Uh, but you're probably not expressive and passionate and motivated. It may not be convincing yeah. enough for that's some so, of the other styles. That's yeah. it. So if you're presenting, if you're communicating, presenting, persuading to another owl, then yay to the fact that you're an analytical, reflective kind of character. If, though, you are having to try and persuade someone who's more like a peacock, then you do have to. So there, there's about, there's, you know, there's hundreds of different behaviours that we could all work on in our 1% mindset, our growth mindset. There's so many hundreds of things that you could try and just get better at every day so that you started to build your, your capability in the areas where you are not strong, naturally, where you are not naturally strong. Mm. Yeah. And what are the different compatibilities? So you've got the performer would impress uh, the connector, mm. but they may not impress the authority or the expert. Is that That's how it, it works? They may not. They may not. Um, it's interesting, though, um, now that we're talking about this, I'm sure everyone that's listening is starting to think about their own strengths and their own And, of weaknesses. course, in the yeah. show notes will be where they can go to get the, the profile yeah. for themselves. That's yeah. it. And also you might even be thinking about people you know and love and maybe even oh. people you don't love. <laughs> so um, right. I have a great friend who is a big peacock. She actually has pink red hair <laughs> um, so she even has the hair to go with the peacock right. approach but she's also very 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 experienced in her industry she's been in that particular um, industry for decades so she is a peacock first and foremost who's definitely also got the eagle in her and so, yeah, you would often find those two go together as well. That you can be, you can be an, a complete expert in what you're doing, what you're talking about, and also just be very enthusiastic and passionate about it, which is the peacock part of it. Yeah. And which style is the most uh, persuasive? Well, they're all persuasive. It just depends oh, on what the audience depends needs. Depends on the so, audience. And yeah. so say you're, you're just given an audience, say you're presenting uh, to an industry com conference, it's going yes. to be made up of a multiple of people. That's it. You then have to be mindful of what? Yeah, you have to do everything. <laughs> 
So there's a very cool thing called the law of requisite variety, which I'm sure you've heard of before, Nina. The law of requisite variety states that the person who can demonstrate the most flexibility in the communication moment is the person who holds the power. In other words, the more you can flex and be like the audience or like the stakeholder, like the customer, then the more powerful you're going to be in that moment because they are static in their approach to communication, whereas you are flexing to be whatever they need. So when I'm on a stage, you shouldn't know whether I was an owl, an eagle, a budgerigar or a peacock because I should be all four and, and if you were trying to judge it, hopefully you think I am whatever you are, <laughs> whatever you want me to be. Yeah, and we have a combination, of course. So you're you're not just going to be strong in one. That would be very rare for someone to be very strong in one type. So we're talking at the moment about what if you're a peacock or what if you're an eagle, but actually you're more likely to be have a strength in could even be three of the approaches. Quite a few people who have assessed themselves more recently have found that they had three of them were very strong and one was less strong. So that's where I'd be focusing my attention on the bit where I'm less strong. Think what 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 are the what are the various behaviors that I can develop in my approach when I'm persuading or talking that that will help me to build that capability up a little more so that it's closer to my strengths. And, of course, um, one of the areas where, uh, you know, middle managers, people managers may have to demonstrate influence and persuasion is perhaps they have to uh, present either to the board or to Mm. senior managers. Mm. What are some examples that they can bring in, regardless of what style they are? Mm. uh, They're going to assume that there's a requisite variety in the audience. Do do they have to make sure to satisfy the expert that they talk about some research study? And if they're an authority that that you've done some background reading, um, what are the sort of things that you need to include? Yes, that's a great question. So uh, there are three phases to a good presentation, and the phases are analysis, then design, then delivery. Analysis is where you work out what do I want to achieve as the presenter or the communicator here, the salesperson here, what, and also what does my audience need to hear from me. So if you're, because this is about manage self and lead others, if you're thinking about managing up or even managing your team that report to you. It's what do I want to achieve, but what does that team or what does that board or executive want from me in this moment? And there's a process that you can follow. It's five steps where you work out exactly what you're trying to achieve. What is the audience's current state and what is my desired state for them? Where am I trying to shift them to? And that's so important in any kind of persuasion. There's no point trying to persuade someone if you're not clear on what you're trying to persuade them about. My model's called the Persuasion Blueprint, and it's 13 linguistic patterns that you stick over the top of the format model to help you use that format model better. There are these things we call linguistic patterns. It's just essentially the way you combine your words and your sentences, and when you use these linguistic patterns cleverly, it makes you very persuasive. And they all do different jobs. So there's one for hooking the audience's attention. That's the icebreaker. Okay. So, Nina, you, you know this, of course. The, the icebreaker is a three-step process where you hook the audience's attention, introduce yourself, and then link to your content. So this is how you start a meeting, how you start uh, a training course. It's, it's the best way of beginning something. 
Now, if you were an owl, your icebreaker needs to have some sort of interesting data in it. If you were an eagle, the icebreaker is probably a story about where you were competent in a situation and overcame some sort of obstacle and it proves how credible you are. If you're a budgie, then your icebreaker, is, is its sole purpose is to build rapport with the audience. So you wouldn't say something that was stressful or challenging to an audience. You'd think right. of the story of something that makes people feel good. And then if you're a performer, you're or a peacock, you're more likely to tell, again, some sort of a story that that uh, is more about you showing off <laughs> and achieving something grand. Um, so it depends. You see, do you, it, every single one of those linguistic patterns can be used depending on who's in the audience. You, you would tailor it to make sure that you, you hooked them. Well, I can see that all your content is so robust and so deep. I think we might have to invite you back for a subsequent uh, in, uh, conversation to really get into this linguistic blueprint that I'm so interested in. But you know, we've we've sort of come to the end of our time today. And now I know you can you can work in any time zone because you do virtual presenting. Do you are you working with people around the world? Yes, I am. And so, yes, please feel free to reach out anytime if this is something that's of value to you. Love to help you. Because you can do a presentation to groups as well as a bit of consulting with senior leaders if, if you wish. So, and uh, how to contact you will be in the show notes, but it's michellebowden.com.au for Australia. That's it. That's it. And your book is How to Present, but you're writing a new book. What's it going to be? It's going to be called How to Persuade and it's and going to have 101 tips on how to flex and be as persuasive as possible. Mm. Well, I can't wait to have a have an early interview when that's when that's coming out, uh, Michelle. So it's it's always wonderful speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Nina, what a pleasure. You're a legend. <laughs> you too, likewise. All the best. On this episode of the Manage Self Need Others podcast, we've been speaking with Michelle Bowden. I'm your host, Nina Sunday. If you like this podcast, go and tell a friend. Everyone I meet who listens to this show say they found it because someone told them it's a good show to listen to. And come back every week, we interview people who share insights on how to elevate and transform team culture. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter at Nina Sunday. Thank you for listening. Until next time, ciao for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.